0: ewire is a vibrant network for women in clean energy i'm rachel hayes associate director and founder of ewire in this podcast i'm delighted to be joined by felicity jones felicity is a partner at everose an employee-owned clean energy consultancy and a non-exec director at center for sustainable energy she's recently become director of live diligence a software as a service business enabling accelerated smarter due diligence of renewables and storage investments So hi, Felicity. Welcome to this ewire podcast. I'm delighted to have you on. Um, I've been a bit of a secret fan of yours for a while, and you probably didn't know. So there's a few things I've kind of got on my list to talk to you about today. So thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks. Thanks to you, Rachel. No, I'm looking forward to it. Good. So... I've always been really impressed by your kind of the profile that you have online and the way you kind of summarise some of the work you've been doing, particularly like when you get up and speak at events, I think you come across really well. And I think so you've, you're kind of one of my key influences in the sector. Um, and and I think it's something that quite a lot of people kind of strive to be, or strive to do, and they don't necessarily know how to do it or... Why to do it, and I just wanted to understand some of maybe your motivational kind of reasons behind what you know why you do do that, and and how that works for you, as well as are you just an expert comms machine, <laughs> or is there kind of something more kind of um yeah more kind of practical behind the scenes that kind of leads
1: you to do that? No, it's it's not quite that contrived. I suppose I I think for a lot of people. Um, they enjoy presenting or going to events or or being really active in in that area because they're really motivated by connecting with people. Um, And and I think it's a really brilliant way to, to do that. But if I'm really honest, if I'm really honest about my motivations and what I really enjoy about it, for me, it's although i i do love the people it's it's not just about that it's it's really about the ideas and i i just sometimes get this um this kind of sense of there's a really interesting complicated topic and i just need to get my head around it and then i really want to, once i've got my head around it i just feel a kind of compulsion to share it with lots of other people there's a kind of creativity in that process that i really love um and then i just love how then it really takes on a life of its own so um just before christmas actually actually it, it, it wasn't me but it was a colleague i was supporting a colleague who was um who was doing a bit of analysis on the eso's dynamic containment service um and and how kind of storage um fits with that and he had just observed how the tolerance requirements were really really quite um stringent and an order of magnitude harder than than similar services like enhanced frequency response or firm frequency response and it was just a really interesting observation and I said oh let's see if we can kind of get it on LinkedIn and put it out there um and 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 we posted something just really short and and that was that and I kind of went away and had my lunch or whatever um I came back a couple of hours later My, my LinkedIn feed is totally overwhelmed with um different comments and people debating it. And then within a couple of weeks, we had um, uh, you know, Everose was asked to speak to ESO to kind of share our thoughts on the technical spec. And then within a couple of months, suddenly we were kind of working for all these different battery projects, um, kind of providing the certificates so acting as independent Technical expert, and you really can stem it right from that kind of start of like this little post of, of kind of sharing something, and you have the same thing with conferences as well. You can kind of get up and say something, and you never know quite how it might in a panel discussion um, just take on its a life of its own, and and um, other people will pitch in in ways that you never kind of envisage, and so it's a great way of connecting with people, but it's also just quite an exciting way of. I don't know, con- contributing to the sector and feeling like you're pushing ideas and thinking forward, and and I find that yeah, for me that that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, and it's fascinating. Yeah. I think it also kind of helps maybe cement your thoughts and. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's almost like it's only when you've written something down, whether that's you know in preparing for a presentation or or putting it online, that you really kind of get to grips with with the nub of what you're talking about you really kind of crystallize it in your head like yeah I really agree with that yeah because there's always quite
0: a lot of chat about um women raising their profile and I guess particularly now with um corona and us working or working from home like people are I guess a little bit less visible in their offices a little less visible you know none of us have been on stages for quite some time um, yeah. the virtual stage um does feel a bit different and it's quite hard to kind of maintain your external profile um, so I don't know if you. Yeah, kind of what your thoughts are on kind of people understanding what's really meant by that external profile and kind of how it helps you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're all still figuring out how to do that in a fully virtual way. Um, Webinars are one way, but I really noticed that LinkedIn has kind of taken on a life of its own, particularly in the last year. <laughs> um, Though I do think there has been a cost to the pandemic. I was just reflecting kind of earlier today that... um you know that that there's so much that that's great about going to events and speaking to people, um, and just the kind of little snippets of market intelligence and and thoughts and perspectives and the kind of temperature on the market that you can kind of only really take in a good way when when you're face to face with people. So I think you know we're still there still is a cost, but I do think. Um, uh, virtual options are, are, are not a bad alternative yeah I think I, I really miss
0: personally I miss events much more than the office so like that yeah. kind of hubbub of feeling like you're part of something bigger and more exciting and there are other people out there
1: you know working yeah on and the sense of yeah collective mission like everybody's doing different things but you're all ultimately striving for the same things for the sector mm. Definitely. Um, Thank you,
0: Felicity. That's good. So the uh, the other reason I'm a fan of yours is because I got you out of office once and I said that you were lambing. So we're approaching (laughs) that time of year. And and yeah, I guess I'm a farmer's daughter and you are too. So um, from farming family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to... um getting stuck in with lambing um, in about a month's time. I think um, COVID disrupts a lot, but it doesn't stop the fact that there's a, a few hundred ewes out there that are going to need some attention in about a month's time. So, yeah, it's something I really look forward to every year um, and it's quite, I suppose, a, an anchoring thing for me, actually. Is there any links then that you kind of make between the kind of farming sector and your background and the energy sector? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. Yeah, I I would really say that, actually. So I think for me, growing up in a really rural environment where I was outside a lot of the time in a boiler suit (laughs) um, and and still am sometimes, um, I think when you're connected with the outdoors, that means that climate change concerns really do have an extra resonance. Um, You know, just, just as a child, I'd be out and about so much of the time my party trip, trick when I was a couple of years or three years old or whatever was that I was really good at naming and identifying all the different trees out there because i would be outside so much and my dad would teach me all of that um and and so I think um yeah environmental issues they they feel very real when you're really connected to a, a place um and and yeah I think that was a, a big driver in in me deciding to Pursue clean energy as a career it's not the only driver I think the other big thing that really attracts me to the sector is just how quickly it's changing I love the pace I love the problem solving I love the fact that that you know at the start of my career it was all about how do we get renewables you know more cheap five years ago it was you know what is battery storage and how do we use it you know effectively two years ago it was all about you know the frontier was much more about electric vehicles and now it's all about low carbon heat and hydrogen and it's actually really difficult to kind of keep up and it's moving so quickly. But that's it's that kind of keeping you on your toes that I think is really um, really exciting and 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 that kind of sense of, well, we talked about it just briefly at the start, that kind of collective mission of all being all, all trying to hit hit net zero together. So yeah, so I think I think the farming background is, yeah, it is had a real impact on me but it's 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 not the only driver of why I'm really motivated to work in in the sector yeah I think for me certainly for kind of farming mm. and
0: you're, that's only ever as successful as how well you look after the ground and your environment and what's going on around you so I think there is that definite kind of connection and passion and I've always wondered about the kind of decarbonisation of the agriculture sector rather than the energy sector as a as a career option i'm sure you've that's crossed your mind too at times
1: yeah that that's interesting yeah um i i've i've got a sense that um well i'm still kind of involved in a in a really part-time way you know helping out with lambing i've been helping out with our mid-tier countryside stewardship application which is really exciting um but i kind of hope or i feel it in my bones i suppose somehow that that maybe in the longer run it will come full circle and i'll get more more involved I, I i think um that for now there's plenty to be getting on with in the energy sector but it's interesting to hear you kind of think about these things too
0: yeah 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 i think the energy sector for me it like the last kind of 10 12 years at regen is kind of it almost feels like a new job every couple of years because of the pace and yeah. tell like me that. about it um so it definitely <laughs> yeah. stops you getting bored um which is always a positive thing I think so you so you mentioned um kind of your role at Everose can you tell me a bit about a bit about that and how that's kind of worked for you and then kind of your I guess there's some changes afoot for you as well Felicity yeah
1: yeah so I joined Everose gosh a five years ago now um and it was it was quite a bold decision at the time so I was I was head of strategy for quite a large um energy organization and I, I was living abroad as in the Netherlands and um had had quite a good um you yeah, the interesting job where I was yeah responsible for for the rollout of the strategy across the 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 company but really felt you know from that experience although there was some really great kind of international exposure from that but um i probably wasn't suited to a really big company environment and i just had this kind of feeling that um that way of doing strategy what didn't quite resonate or work for me i really felt you know here i am trying to roll out this this strategy across two and a half thousand people and actually you know i'm not out and about with clients i'm i'm here inside reading reports doing lots of internal meetings but i felt so distant from the market and i really felt actually the people who who um probably were best qualified to be making strategic decisions were probably the people out and about with clients all, all the time so I kind of felt you know I'm not sure that this big company um, environment is quite the place where I'm going to thrive and that that, that wasn't quite the way I wanted to work um, although there were a lot of positives in it and then at the same time I had some former colleagues who were setting up a new consultancy I'm not sure if it even had a name back then. <laughs> um, and uh, so I took a pretty bold move of just chucking in this um, solid, you know, permanent role in quite a big company um, and, and joining Avro's, which was at the time a couple of months old. Uh, and, uh, you know, I joined on a six month contract as well. So I kind of lost the kind of long term job security and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with an organisation nobody had heard of, so it was it was quite a bold mood at the time. But it was so exciting, and I was I was also probably a bit awkward about it. So um, the, the the founders of Everose have got this fantastic track record and background in wind energy, but I kind of came along and said, well, you know. I feel like I've been doing renewables for a while. I really want to do something different. So I'll join, but I don't want to do renewables. Can I set up something new within Everose? Um, and, and so I'm really lucky that they kind of took a punt, a punt on me. And um, that was how I started my journey into storage it was just when um national grid was introducing its enhanced frequency response tender and and the storage market was just starting to bubble up so i was lucky with timing i was lucky with with just knowing some people doing some interesting things and, and I was lucky that that they took a punt on me really yeah and you and you played
0: um quite an instrumental role in the markets and revenues working group from the electricity storage network as well which Regen now manages Um yeah. so I think that's still going like going strong so thanks for that Felicity it's a useful to kind of get your input and in intel um that's kind of shaped some of the future work that we've been doing as well so
1: yeah, it's it's. There's a lot more, still more to do, isn't there? I mean, it's it's. It it was the the core challenge five years ago, and I think it still is the challenge for storage. Is is you know how how do you maximise that revenue and utilise those assets really efficiently? Yeah. Um.
0: So Everose is a bit of a, I guess, a quite a different company. You've got quite. So you've got some quite innovative kind of ways of running the business which are very different from some of the other mm. companies in the sector so I thought it might be quite helpful for you to share some of those things um as a way and I and I don't know whether they've resulted in an increase in you attracting more women into the organization but um they attracted you to the organization and that flexibility and and kind of giving you that kind of space to to create a new yeah. area is really positive um, but I'd quite like to hear some of the the kind of slightly innovative ways of working that you've got there
1: yeah, I forget it's kind of innovative until until we kind of recruit new people and then realise that they're kind of going through this adjustment process of, of, of an organisation that's run <laughs> a bit differently. And then you realise, yeah, this, this is a bit novel here. Um, so, yeah, so so as a consultancy, so, so we work in clean energy only, and we really want to be a catalyst for, for net zero energy system. Um, but the way that we run is, is a bit different. So, Firstly, we're entirely employee owned, so we're not accountable to investors who don't work in the business. And I think that gives a sense of control over our de- destiny and is, is really quite inclusive. But uh, but perhaps even more unusual than that um, is we, we have, we don't have, well, what we don't have is any formal line management, um, no kind of nobody playing a managerial role. Um, we all have the same job title as partner and we would kind of define that as like a self-managed community rather than a traditional hierarchical structure um and and there's something that's really quite liberating and freeing about that um for me it was it was really helpful when we were setting up the storage business that that absence of silos and Formal structure meant we could move a lot more quickly and be a lot more nimble in in, uh, growing the team within storage. So it it was, yeah, directly helpful. And and then also, we've got an approach of sense and response rather than having a really formal centralized plan. So, compared with a lot of organizations, and I suppose from where I came from, our strategy is really quite concise and limited. And it's much more about trusting people to listen to clients and listen to the market and figure out what they should be doing rather than that plan being dictated in a in a kind of more formal way so so there's something that's that's quite unusual and quite special about the culture that kind of generates from those those things and for me it's been really liberating um and and I think you're right it's the kind of gender angle and that is is interesting so I suppose Evros like lots of um companies we're, we're still on the journey of kind of um increasing the, the the role of women we're about a third female which for a technical organization is is probably higher than some organizations but equally there's, there's definitely further to go and I think there are some features of Evros which make it quite women friendly but I also think it's really good for guys too so for instance we have we have open book salaries and we're we're fully transparent on on who earns what and I think that's pretty good protection against the gender pay gap but actually that's good for guys as well it's 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 good it's helpful for everybody to help with benchmarking and and similarly with the autonomy and what we do and the flexibility and how we work you know maybe that's good for Women with childcare responsibilities, but it's also good for guys with those responsibilities too. So I kind of think for people who feel comfortable in, in being playing a slightly more assertive role in being the architect of their career, it, it's a, it's a really great environment. So I kind of owe a lot to Everose as a as an organisation and a set of colleagues, and also a group of friends in kind of supporting me in the last um, few years. Yeah, definitely. That's really positive. It's good to hear. And I
0: think that, yeah, you're right, that that, those kind of areas around flexibility and um, accountability do come out as kind of primary things that are, are, you know, that are helpful for women in the workplace, but actually Mm -hmm. they are helpful for everyone. And I think everyone wants to, to, to be in an environment where you know they've got to pick up their gran or go to the doctor or yeah, look after their yeah. kids like you know who, who, cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> who cares what it is like that flexibility is just something that everyone needs at different times and the more I think that as um as a sector and as a kind of industry that we kind of yeah enable that those kind of structures I think the more successful it is and and the kind of hopefully then the more resilient we become as a sector so yeah that's really good and so you're you have some kind of changes afoot. So live diligence. What is that, Felicity? What does that mean for you?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's really exciting. So I'm going to be transitioning this year to, to having a, a bigger role in live diligence, which is a software as a service business that um, enables quicker smarter investment or, or due diligence of renewables and storage investments um so it's it's really exciting because it's a change from consultancy for me to something that's more digital and it's also something i really believe in so i think um i'm, I'm fully aware that from an outside perspective it might look a bit crazy the career moves that i'm i'm just about to do because I've, I've spent the last couple of years um supporting avros in in uh, developing a, a local flex business and we're doing some really interesting work with 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 great kind of companies like Octopus and Cluser and, and My Energy and others, um, and 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 now I'm kind of stepping away from that and and looking back to renewables and storage investment. And but it's it's precisely because there's so much entrepreneurial activity in the domestic flex space and EVs and heat pumps and more that. I've got really interested in how we can streamline renewables and storage investment, because I think it's been hugely overlooked. Um, the problem of DD, due diligence in, in investment, has been overlooked. There's been some activity in, in legal tech, but nobody, literally nobody, I've been asking a lot of people, seems to have thought about how we can streamline Um, the due diligence process for investors and lenders. And yet we spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on this during a typical transaction. Um, So I'm really excited about how we can use technology to accelerate that and also make life a lot less stressful for people working in in transactions. Um, And I'm just excited to be doing something new. I I mean, who knows? It's, It's a new business. It's a startup. We'll pivot, I'm sure, that the role that I've got in my head at the moment will look totally different in six months time but um, I really believe in the problem we're solving and the team are great so I'm looking forward to the journey. <laughs> oh, that sounds really exciting,
0: yeah. it's so sounds like yeah. you're very
1: motivated
0: by that kind of uh, being a solutions person and having a new challenge and, and I guess a little bit of that uncertainty.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose I realized I'm I'm best at new things. So I I get a real kind of buzz, actually like a kind of thrill of, of commercializing new business models. I kind of I find it really creative and I like um in a weird way, I kind of like the risk of it. Um I, I think you get a greater sense of achievement and you get this kind of really unique team bonding when you're doing something that's really on the cusp of uh, you don't know quite how it's going to turn out. Um, yeah, there's there's something really rewarding about that and there's also the potential to have real impact when you're when you're trying to be the architect of something new um, you can really change the direction of the sector and that's what I believe that um, live diligence is going to do. Well, that sounds very exciting um so Felicity has it all been
0: kind of taking those kind of leaps I guess moving from a large organization where you've got kind of a permanent role permanent salary to Everose and then now making kind of leap into a startup with a life diligence those those you know is it all plain sailing like what are the kind of challenges that you've faced along the way is
1: yeah um no <laughs> no it's not been all plain sailing um uh, but there's a lot of learning always in stuff that, that doesn't go fully to plan. I suppose the, the, the bit of real deep learning was in the growth of the storage business in Evers, just because it grew so quickly and it was so frenetic. So I suppose it was partly due to success of the business, but it was, it was so busy to the point where there was a lot more working on weekends than ever I would, I would like. Because you have to realise back then, we weren't just building a storage business. It was a storage business where the Everose brand wasn't known at all. So we are having to work really hard to get credibility. I was setting up storage, despite the fact that prior to Everose, I had no practical experience of working on a single storage project. I didn't have a technical degree or science degree, but I was kind of working... um, you know, in, in a technical advisory organisation and having to read and learn really quickly to make sure I really understood the kind of engineering aspects of, of storage. Um, the work was highly bespoke. The storage sector five years ago was really different to now. It was totally unconsolidated. Everybody was piling in. Um, nobody wanted repeat work. They were all just kind of figuring it out. Everything was bespoke. Um, and it was quite a frenetic context, I'll be honest. I suppose within that, I... Um, I really struggled to find time to or or didn't adequately prioritize building a team around me. I think I took on too much by myself. And and at the time, it felt like I just don't have time to, you know, that there's I've got the clients phone in me, I need to be going to London, I've got Meet so and so I'm on stage here or whatever. And and it was just um frantic. And 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 one day my colleague a colleague came into the office with his daughter's lunchbox, and he presented it to me. He said, look, Fliss, I think this is what you need. And on this lunchbox was, I don't know if you know Frozen, the, the, yeah. the Disney film, That there was the lead character from Frozen. And you know the theme tune, it's Let It Go. Let it go, let it go. And he was like, look, Fliss, here's this lunchbox. I think you need to let it go a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was a great, really visual way of... Um, and a very practical way of of really making the not so subtle point that perhaps I didn't need to be doing quite so much by myself. Perhaps it, you know, maybe I didn't need to be uh, taking on that other client. Perhaps I could be asking or, or supporting other people to take on a bigger role and and I think I took a lot from that. I still I still use the lunchbox. Actually, it's it's getting a bit a bit grimy and tatty, but I still use it. And and I and I really kind of um, it's a good reminder for me, and has been a good reminder for me when I've been working on local flex to 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 do two things. So firstly, not feel a pressure or fear to take on every client. It's fine to say no. You know, the world will not end. So they'll appreciate you being honest. Um, and secondly, and even more importantly, that time that you save in, in not taking on that extra client, put that into um, developing a solid team around you much earlier and developing them and and also learning from them because people do things in a different way to me. And actually, that's a good thing. They're probably doing a lot of it a lot better. Um, so, so listen, support and take a bit more time, which I think is a good life lesson that will persist into the future for me yeah whenever then, I have my lunch I think about it you know
0: that's great it's good that you use the lunchbox <laughs> as a kind of constant reminder that's actually um <laughs> as yeah, kind of benefits you in many ways and yeah. so how did you find that's obviously quite a difficult thing for a colleague just to, to kind of flag with you like do you take that well or do you
1: I suppose I knew it in my bones anyway I, I could see that the workload was unsustainable and it I mean it wasn't just that that you know people were in in more subtle ways making the same point um in in the build-up to that but sometimes you need to yeah you need to have the moment of uh, the aha moment of where it really lands (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's great that's a brilliant story I think it's one of my favorites (laughs) um so Felicity I just before we kind of finish up I think you've kind of you've got the ear now of the um, Entrepreneur Women in Renewables Network um all kind of striving to kind of get from middle management through to senior management or senior management through to board level and I just wondered is like do you have any kind of wisdom you want to share or any kind of lessons things that that you think would be useful for the network
1: I suppose I'm still learning so it's not uh, wisdom seems a bit grandiose I, I suppose my one bit of advice would be if anything to kind of really focus on what you're great at and then do it so for me I think what I'm good at or where I really enjoy things is is in the creativity of growing new new business areas or, or, or just anything that's new um, and for other people it might be totally different and that's fine in fact that's great because we all need to be you know there's so many different things and aspects of net zero that we need to take on um, so I, I kind of think it's really important not to try and squeeze yourself into a role that doesn't fit you I think when I was um, in my old strategy job that was what I was doing I was squeezing myself into a role that that you know was not the kind of place where I was gonna thrive, and actually it takes a lot of energy to do that um not just time but kind of emotional energy and effort if you're trying to mold yourself into something you're not so I think it's much better to kind of find your sizzle to find that to take all that energy and put it into an area where you know you can really shine and you can really excel and kind of um illuminate the way for others in the process really so it's a kind of find find your thing and do it
0: okay cool find your sizzle I like that yeah
1: (laughs) It's been an
0: absolute pleasure to have you on today. So thank you so much. Bye! I can't believe we've we've done that already. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Felicity.